Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's a frustrating day in the world of Reading FC. No football for 105 days. We all wanted to come back. And then in the last minute, we all wished it had never bothered. A one-all against Stoke City, a heartbreaking moment. Pretty shoddy defending. To help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. It's great to be back, Paul. <laughs> it's great to be back. Kind of. It is. <laughs> a little yeah, insight here is this is actually our second attempt at doing this podcast because the first one corrupted on itself. So you're getting, I'm going through this dark place yet again, aren't we, Alex? Yeah, I'm sure everybody's really appreciating the fact that we're uh, we're going through a one wonder or I'm stoked for the second time. It's for, the, it's for the for the fans, Paul. For the fans, yeah, or for the fans, yeah. For I don't know, yeah, I don't know what it's for, but we're doing it anyway. So, in hindsight, maybe it was good to miss the first fifteen minutes because during that time, we scored a goal, and I follow meant that we could not see it at all. And by the sounds of it, social media that doesn't reflect everything. Virtually nobody could get online. Um, your thoughts on the EFL and I follow after that shambles of an attempt? Well, let's be honest. I, I, being honest, I kind of gave the EFL a little bit too much credit and figured, yeah, they'll definitely plan for this. They'll definitely know how many people are going to try and log on. It's going to be in the hundreds of thousands. You can just plan for this and put some capacity in place. But apparently that is not the case and they screwed it up completely. Um, I don't really know why I was surprised. Pretty awful. The Aldi of IT, isn't it? It's yeah, like, it's just it's just bad. Like, like how can you get how can you get fifteen weeks without football? Come back, everybody's going to watch online because we can't go to the stadium. It, it, surely it's a no brainer to make sure you've got enough capacity that people can all watch online. Um, but of course, they managed to screw that up. Um, it does beg the question, why are these games not on the red button? Because that would have taken a massive amount of pressure off the service. Um, clearly, it's not designed for hundreds of thousands of people to be to be using it. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised. But um, yeah, pretty poor. It struggled. Let's be fair. It did struggle. and uh, The anger was building amongst uh, Reading fans and I'm sure fans across the country who were trying to watch the match because I bet it was the same for them. But during that time that we didn't actually see any action, Lucas Jow had returned to the starting lineup and he scored a really nice goal because I've seen it on video. We didn't see it live as we've been through. Uh, Mate with the cross in, Jow with a nice finish. Um, what did you think of that, Alex? It was a decent goal, to be fair. Um, nice ball from Gunter up to Mate on the right hand side. Mate managing to. Get the ball kind of like to the edge of the area on the right hand side, puts the ball across the gel six yards out, and it's a, it's a nice finish into the far corner. Jao um, is the kind of like not he's not a poacher, but he certainly knows how to finish when he when the ball when the ball does get to him in the area. And uh, it's disappointing, obviously, that Jao didn't even make half time in what was his first game in six months. Yeah, that was a turning point of the match for me, him going off. Um, kind of, you feared the worst as soon as he went down. You could see the frustration when he came off the pitch. The advantage of I follow here, I'm trying to big them up now, is that you could see how he slammed down the seat. He just looked so angry and annoyed. I mean, I know they've paid loads of money, which of course they are, 
But that's not what it's all about. They want to get out there and actually play. And he now knows that he's going to have to go through rehab again. Bowen saying after the match that he thought that Gel told him that he was not a pull for more tightness in that hamstring area. But that doesn't sound good, does it? We've only got eight games left. So he could be looking at another two months out, six weeks out. Who knows? So that's probably the season over for him. And just the impact he has when he's on the pitch. You compare it to Puskas. And I know we can go into about the Puskas and formations later. So it's not just that. But he's such a big player for us, isn't he? Yeah, and I think obviously the issue comes, as you say, in terms of um, system and formation is that Bowen sets his game plan around Lucas Schell. I know Lucas Schell's only been on the field for the best part of maybe 100 minutes this this year. Um, But you can tell that Bowen wants to play that one man up front, one, one player who's able to kind of like bring the ball down and make something for himself almost. He doesn't want a striker up front who is relying on players behind him to create necessarily. Um, and Zhao is kind of the perfect striker for that role. And unfortunately, again, it seems like he's probably not going to play for a while. I mean, fingers crossed it's not two months, as you say. And it's if it's just a pull, then maybe it's you know a few days off training and he's back for next week or he misses a derby game and he's back midweek after that or something. But... It's yeah, it's very frustrating um, to to see him like come off before half time and, and not get even an hour um, today because we look such a different team with him on the field. It's it's honestly it's night and day. Yeah, the second half it was it was really hard work for Puskas, but he doesn't get in the same position. His ability to hold up the ball isn't quite the same. He did okay. No, everything he did was bad. <laughs> he had some nice <clears throat> excuse me, some nice passes. Played it off okay. It was not a disaster at all. I'm not going to say, you know, the result was uh, all down to him because it definitely wasn't. But there's a, you just see the whole team was struggling to find that player to play it to. And Mate in the second half was erratic, to say the least. He did some things and you think that's really impressive. But then he just loses control of the ball, makes the wrong choices. There was an opportunity in the second half with Jordan Evita when Mete really could have passed him, he probably would have been one-on-one with the goalkeeper. But instead of making that choice, he hesitates. And he just did nothing with it, did he, in the end, Alex? No, it's, and it comes down to the same kind of issue we've had with Mete pretty much since the time he signed for us um, three seasons ago, is that his instinct, when he plays on instinct, he's a very good player. He's got a great technical ability and we saw it when he beat the man in the second half and, and chased, chased down the touchline after the ball um, and managed to create a chance then. Uh, but yeah, his decision-making was, it, it's just not that great, is it? And, that, and that's what holds him back from being a top player. If he had, if he had better decision-making, then we'd have a real... A, uh, and I, when I say a real talent, I mean like a proper Premier League potential talent on our hands because he's got the he's got the technical ability and he's got the attributes to be able to do it. But the fact is, his decision making just lets him down. Um, yeah, so it it's just lets him down so much, and it, it's not something that he's going to be able to improve particularly because he's what twenty. I think he's twenty three now, maybe twenty four. Um, this is the player he's going to be, unfortunately. He may improve technically, but I can't imagine that he's going to improve his decision-making to the point where 
he's going to be a leading, you know, leading championship striker or a Premier League striker particularly because it just comes, as I said, it's, it's instinct to him. It's, that's when he plays best. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to talk about it, aren't we? We're going to have to talk about that. Last 90-second minute equaliser. There was some sloppy all over the pitch there from Reading players. Uh, Mark Bowen wasn't happy about that in the last uh, minute at all, saying that too many players in the corner leading up to it is sloppy as well, but in the actual corner itself, saying that too many players were relying on Liam Moore or Morrison to head the ball clear. Um, Charlie Adams in that corner as well. I mean, what is going on there? It's it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? Um, Adam giving away the corner so quite so easily. Like, don't really understand that. McCleary not necessarily catching his man on the corner. Don't really understand that. Uh, no men on the posts. Don't really understand that. Like, it's and, and, the, and the thing is that this season, one of the things that you can really give Bowen credit for is actually from set pieces defensively, we've been very sound under him. Um, so to concede late on is, yeah, from a, especially from a corner, it's, it's just it's disappointing. To, to say the least. Um, and for it to be quite so shoddy, it's not really, Stoke haven't really, they haven't had a, it's not been a great header. It's not been a, you know, a really nicely worked set piece. It's just a really poor piece of defending from Reading. Yeah, just complete lack of concentration, wasn't it? They just switched off too many of the players, not all of them, but enough to make it quite easy. We all know Stoke are very good in the air. Um, they've been very good aerial for about the last 15 years. It's not a complete shock. And when you bring on Sam Vokes, and you had Shawcross there at different points of the game, you just got to think there's a probability that they're going to win that first ball. But the second ball, it's just, just too slow to it. Powell gets ahead. I think it was maybe Gareth McCleary there. He gets ahead of him. And he just yeah, thinks. I think McCleary, McCleary loses his man and Richard, or it's between McCleary and Richards, they lose their man. And yeah, Powell, Powell gets on the ball quite easily. Um, it's, yeah, they, he shouldn't get to the ball that easily realistically especially from a second ball you might not win the first ball granted um and as Bowen said if you're relying on more and Morrison to come out and win every header then eventually you're not going to win the first header sometimes but you need to be able to pick up the second ball um if it drops and we we weren't we weren't awake there at the corner and that's what's pretty much cost us the the, the two points there yeah, and if we could pick up those extra two points, we'd only be six points off the playoffs with eight games left. Now, that would be... It's a long kind of bet. You're not thinking you're really going to get there, but it adds a little bit more tension to it. Now being eight points off the playoffs and eight points off relegation, that is textbook mid-table. You can't get much more than that. We are bang in the middle. And we're 14th. Staying up's not going to be an issue now with 49 points. We're surely going to be safe. But I kind of want to see some positives. I'm now talking about the negatives about that game in the last-minute equaliser. I thought Jao was excellent, as we talked about. Elise. Now, Michael Elise, in the first 60 minutes or so, was pretty good, wasn't he, Alex? Yeah. Um, Michael Elise, in how many appearances he made now for Reading? Five, ten? I'm not sure. But he's shown more in that five or ten appearances uh, that he is going to make it as like a first-team footballer than we've seen from Danny Loder in the last 18 months, two years. Um, he doesn't look out of place whatsoever. He looks like he, he was not born to play in that position, but he looks like he was 
he looks like he's ready-made to come in and play first-team football. Um, he doesn't look out of place. He is not afraid to take a man on. And he, he's, got, he's got very good vision for someone quite so inexperienced. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's very exciting. And I don't... The, 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 I, this is kind of... A, I guess this is a positive with a negative here. The good thing is, because he hasn't really played that much this season, it doesn't seem like it, he's going to have like a ton of bids come in for him in summer. So we should realistically be able to get a minimum of a really good season out of him next year. I, I mean, I don't. Obviously, he may he may improve next year, and we might lose him after a full year. But um, you'd hope now that we're going to see at least a full year out of at least say next year playing in midfield for Reading, which is very yeah, I hope so. I mean, the beginning of the last, beginning of this season, which seems to have gone on forever now, I was hoping to see a hell of a lot of him this season, but for multiple different reasons, changes of managers, and maybe dips in form. I don't know who knows what's going on in the training and everything. Hasn't it, quite it, had that impact. It does feel like Bowen is beginning to trust him, though. Um, he's, you know, he started him today ahead of, well, plenty of players, really. Um, I mean, Adam, Adam's not starting ahead of him anymore. Rimota in the centre midfield isn't playing ahead of him. Um, I know, it, I know, at least kind of plays left and right wing, but it's he, he's playing in that kind of midfield where he could be ousted for pretty much any other midfielder. Um, so it's it's good to see Bowen's kind of giving him a little bit of trust there and prepared to start him and give him a give him a decent amount of minutes. Yeah, no, definitely. And maybe with absolute 100% hindsight, maybe we should have brought on Tom McIntyre at some point in that second half to kind of combat the aerial threat of Stoke City. But that's easy to say now, isn't it? The game's finished. So, I don't know. There was some other positives for the game. I thought John Swift played really well today. He was really unlucky with the uh, free kick. I thought Gunter did okay as well. I thought Liam Moore played pretty well. One of his best games probably of the season in my mind. Just consistent. Not outstanding, but just kind of like making those vital blocks, him and Gunter. Yeah, Moore and Gunter definitely had like the pretty, set, pretty solid seven, seven out of ten game. It, and it kind of shows when you look at the amount of chances that Stoke had, they didn't really have any chances apart from the, the shot that hit the post from Campbell, which was outside the area. I can't actually remember a shot that Stoke had which was like a clear shot on goal inside the area at all um, which gives it gives a lot of credit to Moore and Morrison there um, I think they they both played very well Moore especially uh, which is really good to see given his kind of like lack of lack of form there the just before the break um, so that was that was very pleasing to see that he was kind of so so much improved I guess um, from from before the break one disappointing thing that we heard from uh, after the match was that Pele has not endeared himself to Mark Bowen. He wasn't absolutely raging or anything, and he wasn't um, kind of like screaming about him, but he seemed less than impressed by his levels of fitness on his return to training for Reading FC. Um, that's not really great news, is it? That a professional has not come in at the required standard, is it? No, you've been on lockdown for three months following nutrition plans, following training plans. Um, you know, you've been back in full-time training now for best part of a month, I think it is. They've, they've been there um, back at Bearwood. And for, for a player to be kind of not match fit, I could understand it, obviously, if he was injured or whatever. But if he's not match fit and it, there's been no kind of like reason for it, except for the fact that 
you know, he hasn't been at the club. That's it doesn't really shine that well on him. It doesn't it it doesn't cut yeah, it does doesn't come across particularly well at all for him. Um and I don't really think that we're going to see that much of Pele now for the rest of the season. Maybe we will. Um, I know that you said that you you were telling me earlier about the he's expected to play on Monday. Yeah, against Oxford United, isn't he? So, I mean, that would be a good run out for him. Hopefully it takes out a few of their players. But um, it's a kind of... <laughs> I hope that... Um, yeah, let's hope he wrecks their playoff dreams. That would be quite nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I do mean that. Yeah, that would be quite good, actually. Um, I hope that we see Miasco back at some point as well. He's got a hamstring injury, which he apparently he got a little bit, felt it against the Portsmouth match. So that's not an um, indication of um, just injuries. They just happen, though, mate. But overall, a frustrating day for Reading FC. Not a disastrous day. Not a day when you look back and think we didn't play at all. We were awful. It wasn't like that. I would say six or seven out of ten performance, but... The defending in the last minute gets a zero because that was just poor, Alex. So, what's your mood and thoughts on it overall? Uh, yeah, I think you summed it up pretty nicely there. It's kind of like a, I, yeah, I'd put it as a, a six and a half out of ten um, before the equaliser, and then once the equaliser goes in, I'm kind of like down to a five, probably. Unfortunately, um, not only does the equaliser put a bit of a downer on the day and the match and the result but it kind of puts a bit of a downer unfortunately on the, the remaining eight games because as you said we're eight points off the playoffs we're eight points off relegation nothing's really going to happen to us either way now um, even if we go on an amazing eight game winning run we're probably I think we're unlikely to make the playoffs there and even if we lose all eight games fingers crossed we don't because that's going to make for a very depressing last seven weeks of the podcast uh, this season but um Hopefully, hopefully we don't see the Reading players kind of just go into holiday mode and beach mode for the last eight games, and we do see some decent performances still. Because, yeah, that that late equaliser has kind of put an end to our season, pretty much. It feels like. And yeah, it's second me. Yes. I mean, I've got to say, when that went in, I just thought, why didn't they null and void the whole season? I would have avoided that. Avoided yeah. that pain at the end. It's not the worst pain, by the way far worse things for Reading we just think it's so close and it kind of it gets a textbook Reading uh, thing of a late equaliser but in many ways we haven't done that a hell of a lot in the last few years and we haven't conceded many from set pieces from Mark Bowen so it's not the normal but oh, it's deflating isn't it so everyone I'll be back next week with the podcast after the derby match hopefully talking about a win but if we score a last minute winner that will, that will fit me in nicely. Hopefully Puskas. Just off Fingers his arms or something. I don't Fingers care. crossed. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. Cheers then. Thanks for listening. Bye.